Hello, and welcome to Setting the Standard, the podcast about wireless radio standards creation from the Wireless Innovation Forum. Want to know the latest about the CBRS band, the SCA, or any other advanced radio technologies hot topics? You're in the right place. I'm your host and communications director of the forum, Stephanie Hamill. In this episode, we're talking with Forum CEO Lee Pucker about all things WindForum in 2022. Hi, Lee. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Um, so I brought you here today so we can talk about last year. So what um, where do you want to start? What did the forum do in 2022? So why don't we start with uh, the new strategic plan? So the board of directors uh, worked on developing over the year a new strategic plan. Um, there's a lot of details on that. People can read about it uh, online, but two things that are become immediately noticeable is uh, we uh, renamed a couple of committees. So the, the, the big change there is that the former Spectrum Sharing Committee is now the CBRS Committee, and that really reflects the fact that that committee has been focused almost exclusively on uh, CBRS, the CBRS band uh, over the past, I guess, five or six years. So that's, that's all they've been focused on. All the standards in that committee are related to CBRS. And so, uh, the board decided to just, you know, go ahead and call it what it is, which is the CBRS committee. Uh, that said, there are a lot of other things related to spectrum sharing that need to be addressed. And so through the strategic plan, what the board did is make sure that all of those things are addressed in what was formerly the Advanced Technologies Committee and now is the Wireless Innovation Committee. And uh, this committee is focused on advancing new technologies uh, uh, and incubating new technologies supporting software-defined radio and spectrum sharing moving forward. Uh, it's pretty similar to what their charter was previously, uh, so it's just really a, a rebranding uh, of and uh, uh, re-energizing of the group. Yeah, and we'll be able to, you can catch that um, new org chart on our website too, and I'll put the link in the show notes below. Okay. Okay, so where next? Six gigahertz? Sure. So uh, activities last year uh, start with the six gigahertz committee. It was uh, by far our most active committee last year. Uh, there were over 10,000 person hours uh, uh, devoted to uh, online meetings related to that from our members uh, developing reports, uh, recommendations, and specifications. Uh, the committee has really broad stakeholder participation. We have the incumbents participating. We have uh, equipment manufacturers who want to uh, develop equipment for the band participating. We have operators participating. Uh, we have uh, AFC system providers participating. Uh, really a broad spectrum of the overall ecosystem is, is participating uh, in that committee. Uh, the group developed a lot of work products last year. Uh, the biggest one by far is they finalized the baseline requirements document for AFC systems. That's uh, TS-1014 and submitted that to the FCC for review. Uh, they've developed supplemental databases supporting uh, that specification to uh, improve protection of incumbents. Uh, they developed protocol stacks supporting uh, non-Wi-Fi uh, air interfaces operating in the band. 
Uh, they've done a lot of work in TESA certification, including uh, doing uh, traceability from uh, 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 test vectors developed by the Wi-Fi Alliance uh, back to TS-1014 to make sure every single requirement had a, uh, a something that was being tested against it. Uh, developed a test harness uh, that can be used for testing AFC systems and made that available publicly in GitHub. So just a lot of work that was done in the in the six gigahertz committee. Absolutely. And I'll include in the show notes also links to those work products. So they'll be easy for everybody to find. Okay. Okay, up next, CBRS. Uh, so with CBRS, uh, CBRS has obviously been operational for a couple of years now. And so really the focus there has been taking what's been learned from operations and using it to improve and update the standards. So there were some updates made to the release one standards uh, specifically to support um, uh, some needs of uh, uh, priority access license holders in the band and that was moved through validated and approved. And then there's some, been some uh, continuing development on uh, adding uh, new features and new capabilities uh, to enable things that uh, they found they need uh, while in operation. And that's all happening under our release too. Uh, if you look at the numbers uh, currently in production, there's about 280,000 CBSDs that are, have been deployed. Uh, and uh, those have been deployed through 5,000 certified professional installers that have been uh, certified uh, through the WinForums program to allow that ecosystem to, to uh, get underway. So uh, CBRS is, is up and running, uh, and we're continuing to improve it to meet our members' needs. Yeah, and also wanted to point out to people that we do have an infographic on the CBRS page that we update quarterly. So I'll put the link in that uh, to that below as well. Um, okay, next up, software design, software defined systems. Sure. Uh, so the software defined systems committee completed two efforts that had been going on for quite a while. Uh, they updated their transceiver facility, which Yay. defines the ability for an RF front end to communicate with the software-defined radio back end uh, in a standardized way. Uh, and they also completed a time service facility uh, in uh, 2022, and that was validated, approved, and published. That allows, uh, again, a, a common timing service to be used in software-defined radios. Um, the, the cool thing about those facilities is that there was a lot of international participation in the development of those standards uh, with uh, uh, folks participating from uh, heavily from not just the United States, but also from Germany, France, um, uh, Spain, Canada, uh, I can, I can probably go on for a while, but there, there's, there's, there's a lot of participation from all over the world in creating those standards. Uh, the other thing the group was heavily involved in is, uh, providing, uh, support to the open groups, uh, SOSA effort. And SOSA stands for, Oh, I never remember what SOSA stands for. What's SOSA stand for, Stephanie? Uh, sensor Open Systems Architecture. Architecture. <laughs> sensor, sensor Open Systems Architecture. 
And uh, the whole goal there is that sensor open systems architecture is a fairly large effort within the, the US and it has participation from US uh, uh, representatives only uh, to develop that architecture. However, um, there's a lot of thought about taking some of the wind forum products that have been developed like the transceiver facility and the timing service as well as uh, things like the SCA, the software communications architecture, and uh, providing a baseline for those to be included in SOSA. So we've got a signed liaison agreement with SOSA that we're using to, uh, to facilitate communications there. Uh, we have representatives from SOSA that send up, sit on our uh, SDS committee advisory board and um, we're, we're using that as a, as a basis for us to, to help them to, to uh, make use of our specifications in, in the best way possible. Absolutely. It's really an exciting development, I think, this year. Um, okay. And then how about the Wireless Innovation Committee, formerly the Advanced Technologies Committee? So the Wireless Innovation Committee has uh, three ongoing efforts. Uh, the first one is the uh, PASS project which is uh, really looking at how they can make use of technologies, database technologies like have been used in CBRS and like have been used in the six gigahertz band to protect uh, sensor systems. Mm -hmm. uh, passive sensors uh, don't transmit, so you don't know when they're on and off. So how can you use the kind of technology, database technologies that have been developed for, for these other bands to uh, more broadly protect passive sensors. Uh, that effort is being uh, headed up by uh, Kevin Gifford. Gifford, thank you. Uh, Boulder. Of, uh, right, of, uh, of University of Colorado Boulder. And um, he's, uh, he's been uh, leading that group and they've, uh, they're actually going to be uh, uh, trying some, some of the things out that they developed last year at the Hat Creek Observatory coming this, uh, coming this March. Uh, the second group in the Wireless Innovation Committee is the uh, uh, mid-band sharing uh, work group. Uh, that group is looking at bands other than CBRS and six gigahertz and seeing where the wind forum can, can help, uh, help advance uh, things going on in those bands. They've been looking at the 3100 to 3550 band uh, they've been looking at 7 gigahertz, 12 gigahertz, uh, basically all the different bands that, that are considering the use of spectrum sharing technologies and seeing how, how uh, those technologies, uh, how things that have already been developed can be applied in those new bands. Mm -hmm. And then the final group is a joint effort we're doing with ETSI, the Euro European Telecommunication Standards Institute. Uh, that effort is basically looking at... Uh, uh, application of spectrum sharing technologies across uh, various bands again, and uh, but that's being done jointly uh, with uh, participation from with Etsy to look at what what areas of standardization might take place moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, that effort's being headed up by Prakash Marut, who's our chief regulatory officer and work, works for sure. Um, and their document actually uh, just entered their. Uh, initial report just entered final ballot. Nice. Okay, and then um, next we had a bunch of events. 
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, post COVID or, uh, you know, uh, semi post COVID yeah. we, 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 uh, we began doing face to face events again last year. Uh, the six gigahertz and spectrum sharing committees met in, uh, Reston, Virginia, a meeting hosted by Google. Um, and they met for three days and, uh, got a lot of work done there. And then, um, our software defined systems committee met in, uh, uh, Bonn, Germany. Uh, that meeting was hosted by Fraunhofer and was, uh, included a tactical communication systems workshop. Uh, and you can find uh, details about that workshop on our website. Uh, we also initiated something new last year, uh, which was uh, Tech Talks. These are talks on uh, really future technologies. Uh, they're driven by our the, the forum's uh, elected chief technology officer, Andy Clegg, who works for Google. And it's really uh, inviting in people to talk about things that are kind of out in the future. And uh, um, again, you can find uh, the recordings for those tech talks av are available online and uh, you can download them there. And then uh, finally, we had our uh, annual online summit uh, that was held at the beginning of December. Uh, we had almost 300 participants again uh, on in that event moving forward. Uh, covering basically everything that, you know, all aspects of what the Wireless Innovation Forum has been involved in, uh, the different bands that we've been looking at, uh, future roadmap, uh, where, where uh, spectrum use and software-defined radio are going to be uh, moving forward in the future, uh, and um, looking at some, you know, near-term things that perhaps uh, the Wind Forum or, or other organizations should be looking at, at addressing. So that's kind of us in a nutshell. <laughs> um, okay, well, that sounds like a jam-packed year. I think um, in, in 2023, we can probably look forward to kind of more of the same, more events and more work products, um, and all of which you can all be kept up to date on if you join our mail list, which you can do at our website. Well, thank you so much, Lee, for your time and for all that information. And um, I look forward to talking to you again at the end of the this year about what we did in 2023. Great. I uh, look forward to it. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs>